welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. And I am Logar, the Barbarian. So, Logar, I noticed that you have a very high strength and I have a very low strength. Not very balanced with that one. I make up for it with my high intelligence and my incredible charisma. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a high deck, so, you know, we try to to keep keep things balanced there. (laughs) What? What? Okay, I've got a question here, and you may or may not have an answer. But I do hear people talk about game balance as a concept. Yep. What is game balance? What are so we talking about here? For game balance, for me, there's two aspects of game balance, right? Okay. One is between uh, player versus, um, let's say, the module itself. You know, first level characters encountering a giant red dragon. That would be a mismatch in skills and game balance. So that's one. And then the second one for me is the balance within the party of characters that you have. So, for example, you know, we've seen some power gamers that create some super powerful character while the rest of the party is not to that level in terms of creating damage or hit points. So for me, there's two aspects of balance within the game. One is party versus adventure and then within party character to character so i'm gonna go out here and say that i've ran into power gamers uh there's a new term for it i can't remember what it is um but i've i've ran into the people who are just power gamers and they just the game to be powerful not my favorite thing nope not mine either i found it can sometimes be disruptive in a game at the same time, I'm not a big fan of emphasis on balance. Balance within the party or balance for party versus adventure? Well, let's start with balance. Balance for party versus adventure is number one. I am not concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, in general, in fact, I, would, I, would, I would agree. I'm not as concerned about that. I'm, in fact, I would say that sometimes I prefer for things to probably be what people would consider unbalanced and for a reason that I've brought up before. The same reason that I feel that I'm a big fan of character death as an option, like killing characters, yes. But why is that? Not because I want to kill the character, but because I... I'm not a big combat person when it comes to game. I'm not. My favorite thing isn't the fighting aspect of it. Not my favorite part to run as a game master. What I do like to see is people the question, wow, that could kill me. I don't want to fight it. Just like in reality, I'm not pulling out a weapon going after everybody I have a conflict with. Because the chance of being harmed or killed is there. It's high, especially when you're a first level party dealing with a fifth level, you know, monster. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to throw things at my parties that they might not be able to take. I've had it thrown at us. And out of that, just go back to our OSE campaign. We ran into some things that were probably could have killed us or we thought it could have. So we came up with a few creative solutions. And it's that creativity, those other things you choose to do, those other ways you resolve those problems is where I think there's interesting and fun things going on in the game. 
like friending, befriending the ogre instead of fighting him and using him to your advantage to stay alive in the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you that, you know, having those challenges in place in the adventure makes the game more interesting. However, I would not run a game again where it's a first level party and the game is like a fifth level adventure across the board. I think it's important to have challenging elements in the game. But every encounter should not be a fifth level encounter because that's just gonna no. kill your party. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna throw a few goblins out there. I'm gonna make sure that there are things they can take out. But my favorite is when I throw out a first, like a, a small, easy to defeat creature, and the party I know can easily destroy them in a couple of hits but they're afraid of it and they choose to resolve it in other ways. I love it when that happens. I'm like, that's great. I'm glad you didn't kill this creature and you chose to do something else. Or if you did kill it, you didn't just kill it by going back and forth with the regular fight. You got creative about how you were going to do it and made a plot and a plan to do something yes. out of the ordinary. Agree. Agree. I mean, that's, that's where, like you said, the creativity comes in with the uh, role-playing R-O-L-E, not dice rolling R-O-L-L of combat. So it's something like that. I think is unique also to some of the OSR games that we've been talking about in general, right? So. And I feel that balance contributes to the R-O-L-L aspect instead of the R-O-L-E as playing the role. Yep, agreed. Yeah, I do feel that a big part of it is that my, like, the reason I don't even really care about having things balanced or equal is because it's more of a role, roll of the dice, R-O-L-L, issue than an role issue but there are systems that are extremely balanced that i think are extremely balanced i think that what i see in the year zero system is pretty balanced system it's hard to get over the top there's a term that's popped up in game in the last i only started seeing it about a decade ago maybe a little longer than that but it's definitely been since in the 21st century and I hear people talk about character builds. For me, when I was playing for the first 15 more years, it was, we're going to roll up a character. We never built a character. The part of rolling up a character was creating the, the personality, trying to figure out who this was that I was getting ready to play, come up with those ideas, not building a technical thing, like a, like an erector set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we're, what we enjoy is the background and storytelling creation of a character, not optimization of the numbers of the stats of the character. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes it's not even background creation. Cause I like to play a game where I roll up something like we did with um, dungeon crawl classics, where I have no idea what I'm rolling. It's just the stats that rolled it. I have little to no say it tells me I'm a farmer. It tells me I'm an astrologer. It tells me I'm a hunter, a trapper, um, a nose picker. And I, I get one of these strange things <laughs> and I'm like, huh, I have no idea what that is, but you have that creative element and you learn who that character is. And DCC, we do a zero, like a zero, zero level low funnel. funnel. Yep. Everybody dies off and you play with these weird characters. I got some quirky characters out of it that I thought were fun and I would not have come up with on my own. And the stats didn't mean a whole lot in the end. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But then, you know, going back to balance in regards to balance within the party and power gamers, you know, it. I'm not a big fan of um, mismatched power within the party itself. Um, I like to try to make sure that everyone has an equal opportunity to play in the game. 
and to participate in the game and to be able to do their own thing in the game. You know, obviously thieves are not going to be powerful fighters. We get that. Fighters are not going to be able to sneak around. I get that. But we don't want to have games where, you know, it's all combat and the thief can't do anything. I mean, that's no fun for the person playing the thief. So, you know, having uh, mismatched power levels within a party, again, makes it crazy. And that's why there's issue, I have issues with some of the 3.5 and 5e mechanics with the feats <laughs> that, uh, yes. that overpower certain characters. Because um, I've been in situations where I was like, well, one guy in the party, we're at level three. He could do like 50 points of damage by combining a feat or two. While, you know, my character or and everyone else is doing about 10 to 12 points of damage. So that's a misbalance. I don't think that's a good game. <laughs> yeah, I I have um I have gotten a lot of flack, or the palladium system got a lot is a lot of flack for being overpowered or out of balance. But I've also played some third edition stuff and Pathfinder stuff and more modern DD. And I don't see how people playing those, uh, it's as they say. <laughs> People who live in glass houses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have issues with how people have used feats. I have issues with oh, feats aspects. Had, I don't like feats. I don't yeah. like feats in the game. I've, I've, I'm not trying to talk negatively about anybody's game, but I have found them very frustrating as a game master um, for many reasons that I'm not going to get in depth in today, but feats are one of my least favorite things that was introduced to the Dungeons & Dragons game. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I think feats add an interesting element in customization of the character, which I do like. However, I don't like that it's superpower and blows up certain, it can blow up certain character elements at certain levels and make it um, not balanced with the rest of the party. Um, same issue I have with some of the Palladium Rifts. You can have a super powerful, gigantic mecha standing next to a priest. So, uh, Again, in game, it makes it tricky to balance the um, well, activity I mean, of the game. Well, here's my thing though: like, is the act if the activity is all combat, yeah, that's off balance. But if the activity in the game itself isn't necessarily very combat focused, and if you're running a game where there are consequences to violence and actions, like I said before, I've found that the imbalance in fighting power has less of an impact, especially if you got these characters who are non-combat player character classes who can do a lot more that the combatant cannot do well again that's up to the game master to make sure that they can create a game where everybody can participate right yeah so if the game itself is combat heavy then obviously the uh, fighters are going to have all the fun and everyone else is going to be bored so it's again making sure that there's some balance in the activity of the game you know we've always said you got to have some combat you got to have some role playing r-o-l-e and you got to have some investigation, exploration, mystery solving. If it's skewed all to one area, not everyone's going to be able to participate and have fun equally. So I think that we found a third balance where it's not just the power level for the players between each other and the power levels between the players and what they're facing in the campaign, like the dragon, but a balance of what the tasks are to be accomplished yeah, that makes uh, sense. It makes sense. I mean, like with the adventures that I have, I try to make sure that within the adventure we have encounters that everybody can participate in. I mean, like I said, yes, obviously in combat, it's going to be more more fighter based, but I want to make sure that there's other encounters that the other classes can try to participate in. And sometimes it's difficult, but 
that way you can make it interesting for uh, characters and people don't feel like they're running a support character like a healer that you know oh well battle's over okay you show up and do your healing and that's it you know that's well, here's the fun. thing i think i'm gonna say this again i think the cleric gets a bad rap as the healer because as I've said before, this is supposed the cleric. If you compare the cleric, at least if you go to older D and D, compare the cleric, what they have stat wise, hit point wise, weapon wise, everything else, it's one of the best fighters next to the fighter, far above the thief and the magic user. Of course, the cleric is a fighter and should probably be way more involved in the combat. I don't know where that's been lost. I don't know if there's newer editions that do different things that I'm not aware of. But of the four core, the cleric is is like the second heavy hitter when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> From combat, yeah. No, I'm thinking about some of the other games where we might have some subclasses of healers that are not combat uh, as combat strong. You know, like the yeah. warrior priest, obviously, it's a warrior priest. They're going to be pretty powerful or a paladin. But, you know, if you're looking at a traditional priest or a traditional friar or monk or something like that um then they might not be as combat strong even the monks that i've seen have uh a hand-to-hand element a lot of um let me rephrase that asian monks yes western monks maybe not as much ah yeah so i friar tuck yes exactly sorry i was thinking of the robin hood monk he's got a beer stein he's a beer stein (laughs) and 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 a staff now he's pretty powerful with a beer stein and a staff but uh, yeah, so sorry, this is clarification, more of the Robin Hood monks, not the Asian monks. <laughs> I've got this, uh, I've got the Swords and Wizardry Robin Hood book. It, it, it runs Robin Hood off of like OD&D Swords and Wizardry white box rules. I've often, I've often thought, you know, I, I'm not, it's not one of the ones I'm pressing to do, but I would love to play a campaign of that and see how that goes. It's got the classes based on Robin Hood stuff instead yeah. of your traditional. It's a neat little game and definitely a different approach to fantasy than what we're used to at D and D. Yeah, I mean, I'd be made Marion. <laughs> you know, I would, I'd, I'd be interesting in playing little John or something goofy like that. You know, there's enough interesting characters and classes that we can certainly run a full campaign with it. I'm not little John. I'm little Jim. <laughs> exactly. We're really running on time. We're going to get close to 15. We got to put a break on it. <laughs> All right. If you've been listening, if you enjoyed what you've heard, please give us a positive review. And thank you for all the positive reviews we've had so far. Share with your friends. Help us get the word out there. Follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Give us a like and a follow. Say something. Drop a note. We'll respond if we can. <laughs> Our blog is wobbliesandwizards.com. And keep those dice rolling. Roll them high all the time.